0: Thankful to see each and every one of you who has come together this morning to worship the Lord, to look into his word, and to fellowship in his wonderful name. Before we uh, open his life-giving word, we want to give an opportunity, if there are any greetings, any announcements for the church, now would be the time. Thank you for those greetings from Brother Doug, who's still recovering from a cold, and from Sister Raditza, and please do extend our loving greetings back to Brother Doug. We hope he recovers completely. Greetings
1: from Brother Mike Petrak from Brunswick Hills.
0: We're thankful for those greetings from Brother Mike Petrak from Brunswick Hills. Apparently, he's agreed to have the um, Ontario uh, Midwinter Sing message, so we'll be in prayer for him. Thank you so much for the greetings from Brother Icha. And if you speak to him again, send ours. Josiah sends greetings. He's in Beverly Hills, and also the Tack family also send greetings, talking with them. few announcements then that we have this morning. Um, We're going to continue our uh, focus and collections for the Hope Ministries. That's the uh, riverboat ministry along the tributaries of the Amazon. And uh, that we have a medical boat there that's also opening doors to the gospel. We have a number of churches planted as a result. And that's through the uh, Toth family, uh, Vic Schlatter's daughter, Michelle. We have uh, a number of cards that we started um, in the foyer. Please uh, take an opportunity to sign them today so that we can send them out. This uh, coming Saturday, January 28th, the Richmond Hill uh, youth have invited us to come together. I think 4 o'clock, there's an activity, a meal, and then a topic. And uh, the sign-up sheet is looking pretty bare. So if you are planning to go, please let them know. This Wednesday, uh, we're going to have a Bible study continuing the life of Christ, a focus on his miracles, and start by reading Matthew chapter eight. And uh, then the February fourth, fifth—that's in two weeks from now—our choir is going to be in Avon Road, <clears throat> and uh, they have asked for a sign-up list. So, Phil, how are we going to do the sign-up list? See, Brother Daniel, um, if, you, if you
2: plan
0: on attending Avon Road, they're, what they're going to do is have a lunch at the hosts' homes. Yeah, I, I'll give the, the and thing. But, uh, right, so but the, and the, the, the schedule is going to be for Avon Road for all those who'd like to attend. At 9.15 Bible class, 10 o'clock the morning service, following which we'll have the choir program. And then lunch is gonna be at the host's home. So even if you're not staying overnight, uh, cause I think we have Saturday night as well. Uh, so for those who are coming straight for the morning, please do sign up because they wanna make sure that they take you to their homes and, and uh, show you some love and hospitality. So please sign up for that. And then at four o'clock rather than three o'clock, there'll be the afternoon service and supper following, and again, so they'd like to know how many to prepare for. So that's the plan. And then the area sing for the month of February is going to be in Avon Road then at seven o'clock following. And a reminder that we're looking forward to midwinter sing on the 11th 12th weekend. The flyer is available. Uh, You should be able to see it soon so you can uh, distribute that and invite people. That's all the announcements. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, you who are the chief shepherd, the one who looks down in deep sacrificial love on everyone present and in hearing of the message this morning, we pray that you'd send your spirit to work prepare our hearts, to receive the message, to take it in and apply it and let it bear fruit to your honor and glory. Father, we know we are weak, we are distracted, we are prone to to forgetfulness and hardness of heart. And so we pray for a breaking and for a transformation that only you can do. And Lord begin in your servant, use him despite of his weakness. Lord, you know the many needs, those who are struggling with heavy burdens, those who are not only dealing with with old age, with with death, with bereavement, with difficult challenges in their family life and with being overwhelmed in many different ways. Father, we pray that they would find rest and strength and healing and hope in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we pray for you to work unimpeded this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's continue with our reading through the, the, the epistle of Corinthians. The last time we kind of overlapped a bit from the first chapter to kind of get the context, and we went into the second chapter. So I'd like to, again, do the same thing because this is one letter that Apostle Paul is writing to the church, and he wants to, um, and he's got a, 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 a topic, he's dealing really it's from chapters one to three is dealing with one topic. He's dealing with division that is happening in the church. And that is really um, uh, heavy on his heart. And this is his middle chapter. He's going to conclude in chapter three, address it specifically. But in the second chapter, he's kind of addressing the principle, the biblical principle by which he's going to address these divisions. So let's begin in reading in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong Corinthians. Thank you, Brother Eric. I meant to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll catch up here. And I, brethren, When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit." For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God, of what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual is judged of all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal, carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I've read unto verse 5 of chapter 3. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
1: Let's kneel to pray.
2: <clears throat> hmm.
1: Dear Father in heaven, it is with, with fear and with trembling and in weakness that we come before thee, not because of our lack of knowledge of thy character, dear father, but we realize our own weakness and this flesh, dear father, we realize that the temptation that is always at hand to rely on human wisdom and to rely on thinking that is of this world, dear father. We realize we have nothing. We can bring nothing to thee. Dear father, this morning hour, we realize that we have so much. We have been given so much in Christ Jesus and him crucified. And this is the knowledge that we wish to hold up, dear Father, for our own instruction, for our own benefit, dear Father, and for all those that would come and hear the preaching of the cross. The preaching that that spurns and, and sets at nothing the wisdom of this world, the, the selfishness, the Doing the things that are not right in order to get ahead, that puts that all to nothing, and shows how empty and how vain and how useless, how fruitless it is. Dear Father, and we come now under the hearing of thy word, and dear Father, it is with fear and trembling that we come, because we know that we are of ourselves but dust. It is only thy spirit and the listening to thy spirit, thy immortal, invisible. Spirit, dear Father, that we can attain unto eternal life that we can walk in a way that is spiritual in a way that's pleasing to thee a way that's that's that has lasting value, dear father, that we realize that this hour will be wasted if we remain carnal, it will count against us, dear father we 'll have to give an account for it and it won't be good if we this hour. And the hours that go forward live carnally. Help us, dear Father, to to hold on to, to prize most highly above everything else, the spiritual wisdom. The wisdom that puts us in the proper place before Thee, that realizes what a great price has been paid for us, for our salvation, and glories in that. And glories in that in each person that we meet, each one that we interact with realizes the blood of Jesus was shed for this person. This is the wisdom of God. Dear Father, help us to walk in a way that pleases Thee. Help us to be aware of the spiritual reality of anything that is between us, any divisions or carnality or or differences that are consequential for thy kingdom dear father help us to realize where satan is making inroads among us awaken us dear father if we have been fed with milk dear father help us to attain to meat to wake up dear lord there are many needs many needs physical needs in our congregation we think of our loved ones that are going through difficult circumstances with sicknesses, chronic conditions. Each one of us ought to know, dear Father, the burdens of the other and to help and forgive us, dear Father, where we haven't done that, where we've been carnal, where we've been involved in the flesh and not in the spirit, in helping each other and upholding each other and praying for each other. Dear Father, that is thy desire for us. We know that first of all. We pray for healing. We ask humbly for thy will to be done in the the lives of our members that are suffering. Dear Father, restore where the the enemy has broken down. Restore where faith is weak, where there is a word of encouragement that is needed. Help us, dear Father, through the power of thy spirit, through his prompting to, to speak that and to reach out. Dear Father, we pray for those that are in foreign countries spreading thy word and preaching the gospel that are laying down their lives for it dear father help them to be uh, cognizant of thy power and thy working and to not despair dear father there are many other things we we ought to pray for and, and we ask dear father for thy forgiveness where we forget where we don't pray in the right way we pray for our children dear father we pray for their protection in this world we pray for Grace to be poured out on parents to to speak and to model and to do the things that are right and good for the, the the souls of their children. Dear Father, there are many things we could pray for, dear Father, and we ask that Thou wouldst add to this prayer what is lacking. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.
0: As we uh, continued into chapter three, we, we start to see where Paul is going with this line of reasoning. There's uh, you kind of have to read between the lines because Paul is very careful not to speak evil of his fellow servant, uh, Apollos, but it seemed to be that among the, the Corinthians, there was polarization, a division, um, you know, in in the first chapter, we read, heard it was about among four parties, uh, Paul, Apollos, Cephas, which is Peter, and Christ. But here, he's kind of boiled it down to two, which are the two that had actually been in Corinth and had probably the biggest following. And Apollos, we do know from Acts, was quite trained in um, in rhetoric, in the uh, how to speak in an in influential and and uh, convincing and uh, impressive way, and again, this is we can see that there was a diminished respect and appreciation for Paul, and one could infer that it was based on the fact that he he didn't come across uh, as eloquent, as well-spoken, as polished in his presentation. And so Paul's explaining why he didn't rely on those things, not that he's judging Apollos for using the, the gifts that and the training he's given him, but, but Paul was deliberate because he did receive training. He, he, he was capable of um, eloquence. We can see that in his speaking before Festus, and, and he spoke eloquently in and, and, and trials and so on before kings but he's saying it's a deliberate choice i made even though i'm coming to a seat of greek culture at that time it was probably the one of the biggest due to the economics of being on that ismus between the two two seas and he deliberately chose not to put himself and his gifts forward and with excellent speech, wisdom, declaring the testimony of God, I determined to know not to know anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He wanted them to see Jesus and to deal with Jesus directly, not to be convinced um, through through philosophy or through the charisma, through um, the presentation of man, but through the very spirit of God that this is God who has come to rescue you from your sin. And you need to deal with the fact that He has paid this price that you could not pay. And if you don't accept the gift that He has given through dying on the cross, you will have to stand before that, that judge yourself. And, and this is an intuition, I think, even all cultures and people have, that there are, there's right and wrong, and there, will, there is a time of reckoning. You know, perhaps some distorted into reincarnation or whatever, but they still understand they have to, at some point, deal with the fact that they have done things they know are wrong. This morning as we drove past the pretty stone church um, uh, at the corner of uh, our, our road, you know, my daughter was pointing out that, oh, the the lights were on, and it's so pretty going through the, stain, the stained lights and the stained glass windows. And it reminded me of a story I heard recently that uh, there was a church where the, there was a stained glass window behind the pulpit, uh, not one of ours, and where Jesus Christ was depicted on that stained glass. But the, the, the minister who was preaching was tall and, and, and had... You couldn't see it and then one day there was a shorter man who was preaching and the little girl said to her dad You know, where's the man that you know blocked our view of Jesus? And and, and that's what Paul didn't want to do. He didn't want to block people's view of Jesus That it would be about him and his gift and charisma and personality and cult rather than that now Having gone through COVID, I think people have been exposed uh, because you know, we didn't have opportunities to get together. And people are exposed because of the internet, because of YouTube, as, uh, that you know, there's a lot of gifted, uh, eloquent, uh, polished speakers that can present the word of God in a very effective way. Um, but we need to be careful that we don't ever make it about the person. Uh, make it a cult of personality. Um, in our church, we deliberately choose uh, not to send people to seminary, not not that they shouldn't study the Word of God and be familiar with it, but it, it's not about, you know, coming with a certain set of knowledge um, to the pulpit, a certain set of gifts. It's not a some sort of competition based on that, but it is the laymen. THE EVERYMAN WHO, YOU KNOW, THE SPIRIT OF GOD CONVICTS THAT THIS PERSON, YOU KNOW, SHOULD SERVE US BY READING AND, and EXPOUNDING ON THE WORD OF GOD THROUGH THE HOLY SPIRIT AND NOT THROUGH HIS, YOU KNOW, NECESSARILY HIS, His GIFTS. AND WE WANT TO MAKE SURE THAT, YOU KNOW, WE'RE NOT, WE DON'T FEEL, um, WHEN WE LISTEN, TO THE WORD OF GOD THAT IS PREACHED FROM THIS PULPIT, WE'RE NOT EVALUATING IT BASED ON, YOU KNOW, HOW THESE PEOPLE COMPARE ON, on, a, a, on a SCALE OF RHETORIC, of, of, OF COMPARISON, TO, YOU KNOW, PRESENTATION, ABILITY OF OTHERS, BECAUSE THAT'S NOT WHAT IT'S ABOUT. IT'S ABOUT JESUS, AND THE CROSS OF CHRIST, AND HIM CRUCIFIED, AND THE REST, is it should not get in the way should not distract us from the fact that we are dealing with God and the fact there's a human being who's conveying that and he's got flaws and he's got things that you know we can see and you know, you know what they said about Jesus right you know oh, you know aren't his brothers here and his sisters and he's just a man and you know we don't have to listen to him like he's God right he, certainly we are not uh, I not. don't want to draw comparison, but I'm saying it's natural, especially when a message is convicting, when it reaches our hearts, that we can attack the messenger. We can discredit the message so we don't have to deal with it. But we want to get out of the way and that we can be in weakness and in fear. And, and I certainly feel that weakness and I do tremble as I come up here because I know I am not that Um, REFLECTION I NEED TO BE, now. YOUR FAITH SHOULD NOT STAND IN THE WISDOM OF MEN, BUT IN THE POWER OF GOD. BUT THERE IS A WISDOM. ARE WE SAYING THAT THERE IS, HE'S DRAWING A CLEAR DISTINCTION IN THE REST OF THE CHAPTER BETWEEN TWO WISDOMS, THE WISDOM OF MAN AND THE WISDOM OF GOD, AND THAT Those who are spiritual, those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, are able to communicate with each other a deeper wisdom. It's not knowledge. Wisdom is not knowledge. We can accumulate knowledge, and nowadays it's a matter of doing a quick Google on your phone and you can have all the knowledge of the world at your fingertips, but you cannot have the wisdom of God. IMPARTED THROUGH THE HOLY SPIRIT, THROUGH ANY SUCH SHORTCUT, RIGHT, AND IN FACT, HE'S ADDRESSING THIS TO THIS CHURCH OF SAINTS, HE'S CALLED THEM SAINTS, THEY'RE BELIEVERS, AND YET HE CANNOT SHARE SPIRITUAL WISDOM WITH THEM, HE CANNOT COMMUNICATE WITH THEM ON A SPIRITUAL LEVEL, HE'S CALLING THEM CARNAL. You I, I I I have to to come down and speak to you like babies. I have to give you the milk rather than the meat of the word because because your focus is off. Because your focus is you want to be entertained, you want to be impressed, you want, you know, the 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 the, the, the things that make you feel like you're so smart. Because you understand th- things in such a, an impressive way. But that's not how the wisdom of God comes across in a way that puffs up. The way that makes you feel more important than anyone else. The wisdom of God is not something that... that um, because it, it, it exposes first our sin and then God's grace it is something that that requires a humility, that we look at others that they are but the grace but by the grace of God go I So he makes a statement here about the princes of this world, that they didn't get it. And his, his case is that look at the fact that Jesus was crucified. If they had understood the wisdom of God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse eight here. This is a hidden wisdom. The princes of this world, there may be some debate, some think, oh, you know, it's, he's talking about, you know, verse six, powers that are temporary, therefore we're talking about earthly authorities. But usually Paul, when he's speaking about princes, of this world he's speaking about spiritual powers you know we know that in daniel it was against the prince of persia the prince um you know that 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 it was demonic powers that the angel gabriel had to wrestle against you know that were named princes and we know that you know in ephesians 6 the armor of god we studied that in depth a year ago a couple years ago that this is we're fighting against principalities. Again, the same word. Um, and so the fact that as we go to very high echelons of power in this world, that there is demonic influence there should not be a surprise. And, and that's why we should be um, You know, skeptical of those levels of power, you know, and that's not what we aspire to, is to, um, because usually the demonic powers tend to, to, um, use earthly wisdom. What is earthly wisdom? Earthly wisdom is let's get into a dominant position. Let's use power control and, uh, you know, um, a, a, a mental influence, social influence to dominate and to to control rather than to win the heart of, right? And so, so that's why the princes of this world didn't get it when Jesus came as a servant, when he came meek and humble, riding on a donkey, when he came... Um, having not a place to lay his head. When he came um, and and didn't own anything but the tunic that he wore, that was all that there was to divide upon his death. And he came not to consolidate honor and glory for him. He kept saying, and, and we're probably going to study it this Wednesday, you know, don't tell anyone. He was not about, you know, getting... Glory for even the good things he was doing. Rather, he came, as we read in Matthew twenty, you know, I've come to serve, rather than to be served, as the purpose of the Son of Man. And they didn't get it, especially when they thought we got Jesus where we want him. We've got him nailed to the cross. We're going to silence his um, exposure of. Of, of who God is and his character and grace and truth. We're going to cut it off at the knees. And, you know, th- th- while the demonic powers and perhaps even the earthly powers are, 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 are laughing at their victory, they don't realize they are accomplishing the power, the participants of God. They're accomplishing their own defeat. And the reason why the prince's, of this world are gonna come to naught is because the mountain that the stone uncut by human hands is going to grow and is going to smash the earthly kingdoms, the Prince of Persia and the Prince of Greece and so on that even had demonic powers behind them are going to be smashed. And this stone, this mountain of God's kingdom is going to displace all of that. Because ultimately things will be this this rebellion and this grasping for power in a spirit of pride is going to be crushed into a powder. But the purposes of God in the wisdom of God by in humility giving up our own corrupt human desires and allowing God's spirit in us to accomplish his desires that we can love without expecting in return, that we can give without expecting in return, that we can serve without expecting even honor. These counterintuitive things that Jesus demonstrated. You see, wisdom, we sang together in the Zion's harp is a person. Just like truth, Jesus is the way, the truth in life, he is wisdom. It is as we have the character of God, as I know Brother Eckhart often preaches, as we obey this doctrine, we will understand it. As we live these things, we understand them. They're not things that are understood analytically from afar off. The Greeks, it's interesting, you know, they they had their science was limited by their own arrogance. Let me explain. They thought, oh, the perfect shape for planetary travel is a circle. Therefore, all planets travel in a circle. And we don't need to measure what actually happens. We just know that this is how it should be. By our own minds, by our own reason, and therefore, no investigation needed. They put their reasoning above. Perhaps seeing that God may have done things differently, and we need to be open to see how and think God thoughts after Him. They thought their own ops. They they were in their ivory towers. They came up with their ideas, and this is the way the world must be because I thought so. And that was the Greek thought you know from from essence Um, but it was only in Western Europe uh, you know with Christian influence that you know we thought we need to understand what God thinks and how he created as opposed to how we think it should be it is so it is in that humility of giving up my ideas of how things should be and rather experiencing and God in me, directing me to how I should live, based on His guidance. These are things that the natural man doesn't receive. They don't get it. It doesn't make sense. What's in it for you? I know. You know. You know. Uh, there's a brother who, who converted. Uh, you know, from um, uh, not from our, our faith background, and his his. His friends, his family, they just don't get it. You know, what's in it for you? Why do you, why have you chosen, you know, uh, this way that doesn't seem to benefit you? You give up, you know, so much of your time and so much of your, and you're not, you're not making power and money your, your focus. Right? They don't get it. They mock. They don't understand the bigger picture. Because they're the natural man, they look at matter and energy, nature alone, and they don't look at supernatural. Right? That's foolishness. And they can't and here's it you know, they, they they're incapable. It says neither can he know them, verse fourteen, because they're spiritually discerned. Because we he explains that look. You know, can you know what your dog is thinking? If your dog doesn't say, you can guess, but you won't know what it's really like. Can you know, you know, you can kind of know what people are thinking because you're a person too, right? Um, But, you know, even there, you know, it's, you, we often jump to the wrong conclusions and it's better to ask, right? Because you may have assumed wrong, but you have better intuition, but you cannot, know what God's thinking because you're not God and you're not even capable. I mean you're far more capable of understanding what a dog who is more limited you know reasoning and thinking but God who is you know you cannot compare the greatness of his his thoughts are not our thoughts as the heavens are above the earth so as my ways above your ways we are not capable of understanding it so therefore we it is only as the Spirit of God bridges that gap and reveals things to us that we can understand how God thinks and why He goes about things in a completely counterintuitive way. And 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 even so we see through a glass darkly. And we we we, we think as, as was preached last week, we think we can kind of understand that on the cross there's this transfer of Christ's righteousness and our righteousness now, is it governmental or is it, you know, uh, penal substitution or is it, you know, these are ransom and there's all these complex human models of what it really means and what really happened. But these things fall short of God's thoughts and we see them through a glass darkly as we have it revealed to us by the Spirit of God for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct it, but we have the mind of Christ. But it's encouraging and challenging for us that it's not like, you know, you will spend eternity understanding God. You are not going to come up, okay, I already know what he's gonna say. Now sometimes, You know, you may think that sitting here that, okay, you know, it's Edmund, he's gonna say the same thing. I've heard this sermon before, uh, you know, but, but you are never gonna get there with God. You have so much to learn. He is so beyond you that you're not gonna get bored. You're not going to stop growing. If you would only get out of the way and allow him to show you you will um, be amazed. And that's why we read here, and we, we often misapply this verse, right? This verse here, 9, we often apply to heaven. We often think, oh, this is a description how it's going to be so much better in heaven than you can even conceive of, right? It says, for it's written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Well, that's not the context here. The context, he's not talking about your eternal reward. He's talking about right here that if you allow yourself to be open up to the spiritual realities that God and the spiritual purposes and the spiritual cosmic conflict and the spiritual wisdom and the power that is available to you, this will blow your mind. This is not even able to enter your mind That's why natural man can't get there, but the Spirit of God can help you, find it as you are, to enter into the divine. That the divine enters into you. The divine lives in you. The divine powers you. The divine lives through you. The divine impacts your people and the surroundings as Christ lives in you, as we heard in Galatians 2.20. That is incredible potential. But that is God's plan the whole time. That's why there's a, there's a trinity of, of, of God, which has the spirit, and there's a trinity of man. If you read the scripture carefully, it talks about the body, soul, and spirit. And it has the spirit of man and the spirit of God unite as God is able to connect with us, that part of you that knows there's something more, the part of you that longs to connect with God as that becomes one as Christ lives in you then there there is so much glory you 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 cannot even conceive on the outside of what God has prepared for you because he loves you because he wants this relationship he wants to Help you to become all He has created you to be, he, and He's created you to be complete as He is in you. That that's why there's a God-sized hole there, because when He fills that hole, you are finally. And I remember coming to that conclusion. I remember going through struggles of religion and of trying to follow rules and 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 feeling frustrated and empty and incapable and, and impotent. But you know, is as, as as I made that surrender and allowed Christ to live in me without restriction, without preconcision, without any of my control, without my human wisdom, then I was able to experience Christ in me. And it changed not only me, he was able to work through me in ways that are for his glory alone. Right? But That is my highest joy, my highest privilege, my sense where I have finally living the way God designed me to be. The the release, the, 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 the joy and the fulfillment I would want for each one of you. So I encourage you, don't look at the Word of God through man's wisdom. And don't think that you've got to know... Things, or you can just Google it. Or you can just, you can dismiss it based on your intellect. Because this is not an intellectual thing. This is something you need to allow yourself to experience by allowing God and His Spirit to teach you. And it means getting out of focusing on people. And that's the next chapter. We'll leave for another time. But 1 Corinthians, these Corinthians, they had a problem. That's why, Jesus, why Paul had to tell them, you know, don't compare yourselves among yourselves. They had a problem about looking on the outside and looking at the credentials and looking at the capabilities of people. And that's why Paul's got to bring them. No, 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 no. The point is, is Jesus in you? Is Jesus, is that wisdom really alive in you? And if so, you're not going to be one-upping. And you're not going to be in this whole human striving. You, you miss the mark. When we see division, when we see comparison, when we see competition in the body of Christ, we're seeing carnality. We're seeing people who are not allowing the Spirit to work through them. They're looking at this with man's wisdom and and, and that's why Paul had to write this whole letter because you've gone from the living water to the cisterns and they're broken and, and, and come back and let the spirit flow. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. brother, please choose a hymn. Sing from hymn number 164. Any particular verses, Brother Mike? Let's sing the first four verses hymn 164.
3: eternal word, the one that came from up above, in thy son, Jesus Christ. And we thank thee, dear Heavenly Father, for that word of truth that was proclaimed this morning, not from man's wisdom or understanding, but from the living God, who loved the world so much that they sent his beloved son, Christ Jesus, to fulfill his promise, and come and died on the cruel cross, so we may have eternal life, and the forgiveness of sins. We thank the Heavenly Father for the living word. Pray, dear Father in heaven, that will be taken to heart not only in mind and that we should walk humbly believing and obeying day from day and not only on a Sunday we pray dear Father in heaven that thou give us the grace to do that that we may be obedient even unto death Pray, dear Father in heaven, for those souls that have not accepted thee as a Lord and Savior who are still toying with the eternity, that thou shake the very foundations of the soul in this hour and this minute, wherever it is throughout this earth, and that thou open their spiritual eyes and see our Lord crucified on the cross and come to the foot of the cross and beg for forgiveness for this cause thou hast come in this world and we thank the dear Father in heaven for that great salvation that it cannot be earned but it is a gift to thy creation all those that believe on him we thank the dear Father in heaven and believe that thou be with those that are sick or aged or at, upon hospitals, those that are the evening of their lives, those that are struggling in this life, dear Father in heaven, those that are in pain and discomfort and the cares and worries of this life. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that thou visit each and every one and that thou supply their needs. And bless them in their struggles, that thy name will be honored and praised and glorified thereby. It. For we ask and thank thee for all these things. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: verses 1, 2, and 3, 138. ventured to think that the Corinthian church thought that they were spiritual and they thought that they had things in the right <clears throat> way and things were going well. And Paul had to, to write to them to, out of love to show them that that was not the case. That there was still much growth that needed to happen. Could it be the same for us? Could we be complacent? Could we think that we understand everything as we ought, as we ought and that we understand how the Christian life is and that we're okay? Or are there things in our lives that are carnal and need to be crucified, need to be put on the altar? Paul just had to hold up the picture of Christ, who he was, what he did, and show the Corinthians what actually was happening, the divisions, the... The attraction of the flashiness to show them, no, you're not living spiritually. May the Spirit of the Lord have spoken to us this morning to reveal what needs to be changed. May He help us to see Christ clearly what He's done for us. And the example He is, as we sang in 164, all of these things in watchfulness, with loving kindness, in suffering. Uh, with, with zeal in trials and adversity. These are all the things that we need to be minded like Christ in. I appreciate the message this morning and the way it was spoken in quiet and straightforward manner. And if we were listening to the Spirit of God, I think we received a lot. But if we were dull of hearing or carnal... May God himself wake us up through his spirit. With that, we conclude the service and commend you to the Lord's grace.